Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the BHITV podcast. I'm your host, Dante Fortson. Today, I'm going to be talking with Teo Ministries. We're going to be talking about the law versus grace. Which one are we under and does it matter? But before we get to that, make sure you go to www.blackhistoryinthebible.com. Subscribe. You'll get the free book, Pre-Slavery Christianity. And if you have not gone on the Patreon page yet, go check that out. Uh, For those who are patrons, great news. As of uh, last week, I did – actually, last week and partially last night, I did add two more patron-only sections to the website. So if you're on blackhistoryinthebible.com, check out the new Food for Thought section to the site. It is patron-only. I just post thoughts where I might be going with some studies, stuff I'm looking into. It's nothing doctrinal. It's more like uh, just conversation. So read some of those, jump in. And then the second section that's newly created is the Coming Soon section. It lets you get a sneak peek at what I'm working on. Um, You can refresh it or you may come back the next day and you'll see that more has been added and so you can suggest verses and resources you can leave comments and ask questions before it goes out to the general public once it's done it will be published for everybody else to see so check out those two sections if you're patrons uh there's more patron only content coming soon uh if you're not a patron it's only a buck one dollar and you get access to everything And the last announcement is that there is an outreach section coming soon. It will have infographics and other printable materials, some stuff you can share online, stuff you can share in person. That will be accessible by anybody that wants to use it. All right, so today's topic is kind of controversial, actually very controversial for a lot of people. And it's a topic that I recently wrote about. For those of you who are – Listening on Blog Talk Radio, you can check the show notes. Uh, there's a link to the study I did on the law versus grace. If you're catching this on YouTube, the link will be in the show notes as well. Um, yeah, so just click the uh, description on YouTube, and you'll find a link there to the to the notes on law versus grace. And today's guest, we agree on this subject. So this should be a great discussion. For those of you who haven't heard us before, uh, but without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring on Teo Ministries. Teo, can you hear me? Hey, Dante, how's it going? I was going good. How you doing? Bless. Uh, that's always awesome. Uh, all right, so let's let's start from the beginning. Let's talk about why it's important to understand whether or not we are under the law versus grace. It's important because it's a salvation issue, right? Uh, a lot of people think it's just a issue concerning whether or not, you know, we go, you know, eat a piece of lamb on the on the Sabbath, or, uh, you know, we go fellowship on on the Sabbath and, and have these little things that everyone likes to do, and uh, but it's a salvation issue, and they don't get that, and so 
What I find is our people don't want to listen. They reject Paul, even though they don't say they reject Paul. So now they come up with 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 stuff about saving Paul, right? Then they gotta they gotta sort of defend Paul. I'm like Paul is clear, all right? And, and what they fail to realize is Paul isn't the only one who's talking about this in the New Testament. But you know, I've come to the conclusion that those people who and for all purposes, reject grace because they do. Because you you can't mix grace and law. Uh, it's either one or the other. Um, they reject Paul. When it, when you come down to it, they reject Paul. So therefore, they're rejecting the gospel. They're rejecting most of the New Testament, right? Yeah, and I I agree with you there. And before I get in, before we get into Paul and their rejection of grace. Uh, let's just take a second for those who really aren't familiar with the subject. Can you define law, and then you, can you define grace, and then we'll get back into Paul? Okay, so that's the other thing, right? So you have two divisions within the camps, right? You got the one that says you have to keep all of uh, you know, the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible, which incorporates 613 laws, right, which they can't keep, right? Our ancestors couldn't keep it, but yet they want to keep it. So then uh, you have those who say, well, I'm, a, I'm only keeping the 10, right? And so, you know, I'm keeping those laws, right, which in essence I don't have a problem with, but it's, it's how it's kept, right? It's how it's kept. And so then you have uh, those who believe in grace. Grace means God's unmerited favor, which means you've done nothing for it. It's a free gift, right? And there's a reason why God made it a free gift. He could have made it where you have to earn it, right? But he says he's not going to share his His glory with anyone, right? So he gives you a free gift of salvation. Now, uh, what they think we're saying is, like, and Paul covers all of this, right? They think we're saying, well, we can do whatever we want. There's no constraints. There's no limit, right? And that's not what we're saying. That's not what the New Testament is saying. And so what they fail to realize, there's an Old Testament and a New Testament. What does that mean? It means there's an Old Covenant and there's a New Covenant. What does that mean? That means the ones written on the tablets of stone by Moses is old, right? And Jesus came and gave you a New Covenant. Right. And, and when the father, father God came out of the heaven, he said, this is my beloved son. Hear ye him. Obey him. Jesus gave you a new and better covenant. This is what the scriptures teach. But but the camps don't want to teach this. Why? Because you cannot control people unless you have these laws and regulations and they make themselves the arbitrators of whether or not you're keeping it of whether or not you're keeping yeast out of your home, of whether or not you have, you know, um, uh, you know you're keeping the Shabbat or, you know, you, and the biggest thing is, oh, I got my tassels. I'm wearing my tassels. God doesn't care about your tassels, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. And let me uh, just uh, drop a couple of verses to uh, back up what you said about uh, grace being a gift. Uh, for those of you listening, you can check out Ephesians 2 and 8 and uh, what you said about us uh, not sinning just because we're under grace. That is also found in Romans six fifteen. 15. Um, Paul breaks that down. Now, you mentioned control, and uh, this is going to take us into a whole lot of stuff. So you mentioned the camps wanting to control people, and that's something that I've observed as well, that it seems to be 100% 
about control. And so our people are bouncing from Eurocentric Christianity, which has basically tried to control what we believe about ourselves versus what we, and what we believe about Europeans, who we believe the Jews are. It's been about control since the beginning. And our last show, when we talked that, well, I guess show before last, when we talked about the 12 tribes chart. When we talked about that chart, uh, you guys mentioned Pro. Now, were you mentioning that in reference to the chart itself, or were you mentioning it in connection with the camps? Because I'm starting to think that some of the camps may be Pro ops. I am I am absolutely convinced that the camps are Cointel Pro, which means that they're F, FBI's, right? That they work uh, for FB for the FBI for the federal government. And uh, the reason I say this is because the things that they do are obviously lies, right? The things they teach are obviously lies, and uh, it, it's sort of you know. There's no freedom there in Christ and for you to learn yourself. They control what you think. Like, for instance, there's been a lot of people leaving, like, IUIC and some of the other camps because uh, they were saying that, uh, you know, they abused the women and, and all these type of things, right? And so a lot of people have been coming out about that. So where where the spirit is, there's liberty. Where the spirit is, there's love. Where there's legality and law, there's just chaos, right? Because no one can live up to the law. So when, when I say they will cointel pro, it's based upon their actions and what they teach, like the 12 tribes chart, right? That's one of the things that's false that they teach. And it's a, it's a means to keep our people in deception. And so it's sort of like with the civil rights movement, how they had these black guys, you know, in the King campaign, and, and they were in uh, Malcolm X's campaign, and they, they were black guys who were supposedly a part of the movement, for our civil rights, but they were undermining it the whole time, and I believe that's what's happening today in the camps. I agree, and it, it seems like as soon as somebody wakes up to the to the fact of who we are, and they decide, look, I'm coming out of this this false pagan belief system of uh, European based Christianity, which I'm glad you guys differentiated between the two. We're not saying that Christianity is wrong; just the European teachings of it are wrong. When they come out of that. They end up swaying towards the camps in a lot of in a lot of cases, and then the camp just puts them right back in bondage, um, saying, "Oh, well, you have to be under the law." And like you said, the control. And then there's a lot of misinformation saying, "Well, you have to follow the law. You're not under grace." They reject Paul and major parts of the New Testament. Now, you mentioned that grace is taught in other parts of the New Testament outside of Paul's teachings. Uh, can you give me one or a couple of those? So like, for instance, in James, right, James uh, verse 8 uh, through 12, it says, If you fulfill the raw law according to the scriptures, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin, and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that saith, do not commit adultery, saith also, do not kill. Now, if... If thou committed no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? Now, what they'll do is they'll take care and say, see, you have to have works with your faith. It's not just, you know, grace. 
And so what the scriptures teach as, as you study it, the works is taking care of the homeless and the poor and the widows and the orphans, orphans, right? Because if you say you believe something, then you're going to act on what you believe. So if you study the scriptures, it had nothing to do with what's on the, the tablets of stone, right? The Bible specifically says there's a new order out of, out of the order of Melchizedek, not of Aaron, okay? And Jesus came, Yeshua came under the order of Melchizedek. Which is which is outside of the Levitical priesthood, okay? Which is why he becomes our high priest. The Bible teaches this; it teaches all of this, right? And it's clear. Which is why I don't understand why people can't go and study for themselves and see what it says. The other thing is, you know, they they want to hype on Paul, and even Jeremiah says, "But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel." After those days, said the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. So my question is this. What does that mean to you that I'm going to put the law in your hearts? Because it's no longer on the tablets of stone. It's on your heart. What does that mean to you? Right. Does that mean you got to go in there and get the list off of your heart and, and say, OK, I got the 613 on my heart. Now I have to go and follow those. Right. And, and here's the other thing. They cannot keep the law that they say they're keeping. There's no temple. You can't keep the feast days that you say you're keeping because there's no temple. You're not making Aliyah, as the fake Jews say, to the land to go keep, the, keep those, uh, those laws and those feasts. You can't do it. So how are you going to tell me you're keeping the law? Oh, well, I'm keeping the Sabbath. Okay, well, you're not keeping the laws. Even if you, if you think you, you're not even keeping the Sabbath according to the Scriptures, but assuming you could keep the laws according the Sabbath according to the Scriptures, you're not keeping it because you're not in the land. So when you're telling people you've got to keep the laws, you've got to keep the laws, statutes, and commandments, you're not doing it. So thus, that's why you have grace, because you're not in the land. Okay, you're not in the land. You can't do it. Not only that, the Bible says that because of the flesh being weak, right? We all know we got got weak flesh. Okay, a lot of us brothers, we see a young fine woman, you might be <clears throat> thinking some thoughts in your head, right? But guess what? You would have broken the law, right? Because Jesus said if you think in your mind, you broke it, right? Which is why we need grace, because we're, we have weak flesh, does that mean we can sin that grace abound? No, as Paul says. How can we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? So the question is then, are you dead to sin? What does that mean? It comes about being born again, which I never hear the camps talk about. Has anyone ever heard the camps teach about being born again? I've never heard them teach that. I, I agree. I've never heard them teach it either. And I agree also with what you said what you said about James about um basically loving your neighbor as yourself. And James even gives the example in the text you were talking about of if your brother needs a coat and he's hungry and you say, Oh well, Godspeed, it doesn't help him that you didn't give him a coat and didn't give him any food. And so it does come down to he's talking about grace, but he's also talking about what Christ said, love your neighbor as yourself. Um and let me there's so many questions. You covered a lot. All right. So let me go to before grace, before the law. Hebrews 11 breaks down all the Old Testament people that were saved prior to the law coming in. 
Do you believe that that is an Old Testament example of the grace that would come through Christ um, and also freedom from the law? Exactly. So you have all the patriarchs who did not have the law, right, before Moses, right? You had Ezekiel and them and all those prophets, right? How, how did they get saved if they didn't have the law, right? Adam did not have the law after he fell, right? How did he get saved if he did not have the law? Because he believed on the promises of God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, right? That's what the scripture says about Abraham, okay? So that's how Abraham got saved, through faith. It says he believed God. He didn't keep the laws because there were no laws. Now, here's the other thing. If you look at how God does things, right, the whole thing was to get us back into right standing with him. What was Adam doing before the law? Adam was walking in the cool of the day having a conversation with this guy. Say, hey, God, how you doing this morning? I love you. I thank you for all you've given me. You're such a great God. And God say, yes, you know, because uh, I love you. I, I've given you all these things. So they're having a conversation, right? And so they're, they're, they're fellowshipping, right? But then when the fall came, he could no longer fellowship with a holy God. So does God want you to keep these lists that's written in the tablets of stone, or does God want that relationship back that he had with Adam where we can fellowship and talk now and have a conversation and eat, right, in the kingdom, in his kingdom? Right? Does God want that? Want you to say, okay, I, I I checked off these 613 checks, God, and and I've done it, but 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 you know my heart is still wrong. But I've 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 done it, and God gonna be like, no. Remember when you had that funk, that that dirty thought in your head? You you broke that one. Oh, remember when you got angry at that person? You broke that one. I can't have fellowship with you because you sinned, right? So that's why Jesus came and He gave you grace which puts us back in the right standing so that we can go and fellowship with God again like Adam did and walk in the cool of the day and have fellowship. This is the purpose. Come on, people, let's use your mind. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. And and then also leading back to that, Christ said in Matthew 24, 37, that the end times or the, the end of the age would be like the days of Noah were. I mean, you've had other discussions on that, but what I find interesting that in the days of Noah, Noah found grace. He didn't find the law, and that's not what saved him. It was the grace of God that saved him. So if we're looking at that as prophecy, we also have to consider that, that grace is the main um, saving factor, just like it was with Noah. So let me ask, if they reject Paul and they believe they have to keep the law, in which we know they cannot keep the law because they can't make the aliyah and they can't make any of the sacrifices, and I've seen many of them with rounded corners of their beards, which is breaking the law. They're on YouTube teaching, and there's so many other things you could point out. How do they obtain salvation if we know they can't keep the law? And also, um, Paul says that, uh, let, me, let me make sure I read it word for word. It says, Christ is beat. Let me make sure. Hold on. Let me start from verse 3. Uh, Galatians 5, verse 3 says, For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. So for these law keepers, Paul says they're fallen from grace. So if they're fallen from grace and they also can't keep the law, how do they obtain salvation? See, and, and that, that's a good question, right? Because I don't think they go that far in their thoughts, right? Because they're trying to please man. That's what they're trying to do. They're, they're trying to 
trying to please their their elders and their officers and and you know it, it's funny how the camps have you know officers and all these type things so, sort of sound like police right they're keeping you in line right where, where you know hey you're God's people right you you should be under Christ but but to answer your question here, here, here's here's the Bible talks about that right Romans nine. What then shall we say that the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained it, a righteousness that is by faith, but the people of Israel who pursued the law as the way of righteousness have not attained their goal? Why not? Because they pursued it not by faith, but as it were by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone, as it is written. See, I lay in Zion a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. And the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. So the bottom line is this. The Gentile is going to get in before you get in. The Gentile is going to get in there into the kingdom of Father Yah before Israel does, the ones who keep in the law. Why? Because it's not by grace through faith. Okay? And now here's the thing you don't get. It's no longer about the law. See, your, your focus is on the law where, where Yeshua says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. What does that mean? That means Mary ain't going to get you there for Catholics. The law ain't going to get you there for, for Israelites. Yeshua's going to get you there only. Only through the cross are you going to make it over there to the Father. Belief in him and him only. Nothing else, not your works, not the law keeping. Only what Yeshua did on the cross will get you into the kingdom. So in answer to that, they are in trouble. Law keepers, you are in trouble. You all don't listen to what we're saying. We're trying to help you. We're trying to save your souls. This is a salvation issue. It's not something that's just a doctrinal thing like, let's say, you know, who's Esau and who's not Esau. You know, that's just for academic discussion for the most part because it's not that important because, you know, we're going to find out in the end who Esau is, right? And Esau, knowing who Esau is, not going to affect your salvation. But whether or not you believe in Christ and him alone or you trying to make yourself righteous through the law, that's a salvation issue. Now, I'm I'm so glad you brought up all that and um as you said there's a lot of sidebar issues but this one is definitely a salvation issue and this is directly to me it's directly related to that. It involved um People coming and teaching the law. This occurs in Acts 15. There's a whole council. Paul is present. Barnabas is present. Peter's present. Uh, some of the other apostles and elders. And it starts off in Acts 15:1. It says, "And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved." And then they go on to say that in order for a Gentile to be saved, they need to keep the law. And so this council went and they consulted. And the entire council came back, and they said under the guidance of the Holy Spirit that they didn't have to keep the law. This law-keeping thing was done, and it was by grace. Now, do the camps deal with Acts chapter 15 at all? Do they use Acts? Do they toss Acts out? How do they deal with that, that whole chapter? Most of the time they toss Acts out, and they toss Paul out. Now, they won't tell you that. But in the end, that's what they do because they ignore it. Right, and then you got some that try to twist it. Right, they like, well, you know, we're we're gonna save Paul because Paul ain't know what he was talking about. So we're gonna tell you what Paul really meant when the Bible's absolutely clear what Paul meant. 
right? And so that's why I always tell people, I say, you need to study the scriptures for yourselves. Don't believe me. Don't believe camps. Do it for yourself. Seek Father Yah. Seek the Lord Yeshua for the truth because this is important. This is salvation issue, people. It's not something to think about lightly. It's something that you should hang your eternity on. It's that important. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's to me, one of the most important uh, issues that we come into doctrinally because it's going to determine where we end up for eternity, really. And as as you said, people need to read the scriptures for themselves. And this is one of the things I'm working on. Um, it's it's a work in progress, but it's basically to tell people exactly what you just said. Read the scriptures for yourself before you go to any teacher. And I think that's important because if you don't know what's in that book, you don't know what people are lying about and you don't know what they're telling the truth about. And I found that when people get involved with the camps, they often don't read scripture for themselves. So when you get into a discussion or a debate with somebody who follows camp law or camp doctrine, it's often the same um, stuff that they repeat. They repeat the same sources, the same verses. They don't want to go outside of that. Uh, one of the things I found is when you debate the Gentiles, for instance, the salvation of the Gentiles, they teach that the Gentiles somehow were Hebrews that started saying they were Gentiles. But then when you want to take them back to Genesis 10 and ask how were Gentiles present before Abraham was even born, they don't want to talk about that. And so why yeah, is it that you they don't want truth? Yeah, and I agree. And do you, um, do you think that they intentionally twist the scriptures in order to teach hate? Or do you think that they're trying to intentionally deceive Israel away from salvation? Like, what, what do you think the intent is behind all of this false teaching that we find in the camps? I think, I think personally that they want to stop the awakening. I, I, like I said, I believe they're part of COINTELPRO because, you know, and some people are just false prophets that's been prophesied to arise and deceive many, right? That's why, you know, Christ said, Yeshua said, you know, don't be deceived, right? Now, the other thing is this, right? How is what they're doing today going to exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees? Because the Pharisees knew more of the law and they had the temple and all of these rituals that we don't even have. So they could not keep it. How do you exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees? Because Yeshua said, unless your righteousness exceed that of the Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom, right? So, so how is your righteousness any different than our ancestors who had the law and couldn't keep it and couldn't go into the kingdom because they didn't have any faith? So, but, but you all overlook these scriptures because you don't know it, or you, you believe man more, more than Father Yah. You believe man more than your Savior, Yeshua, right? So back to your question, I think they purposefully do this because, one, some are just false prophets. Two, some are coin tell pro insiders trying to stop the awakening, working for this government. Just like you have these pastors out here under Trump, you know, sucking up on Trump, you know. They don't have your interest at heart. They have their own interest. So it's the same in these camps. Yeah, and I'm not even sure what Trump he's finding these pastors at. It's like new ones. He cycles them out. And for those of you who are wondering what he said about the um, a righteousness exceeding uh, that of the Pharisees, you can find that in Matthew 5, 20, uh, if you want to go read that for yourself, which you should read it for yourself, which is what, exactly what we're talking about right now. Don't trust anything we're saying. Go read it for yourself, Matthew 5, 20. And I have time for one more question. Uh, this is kind of related, but indirectly related. For those who are 
not Hebrews, and they have run into the doctrine of um, the white man can't be saved and Gentiles can't be saved. Is there any truth to that? And if it's not true, how does a non-Hebrew go about obtaining salvation? So the scriptures is clear, okay? When when Christ first came, he came for Israel only, right? He says, I came not but for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the scripture says that when, when Israel rejected their Messiah, right, that the gospel went to the Gentiles, right, for a while, right? So blindness in part come to Israel, and the gospel went to the Gentiles. Yeshua said that I have other sheep that's not of this fold, right, which is the Gentiles. So they have a part in salvation, and which is why the camps have to say where well, the Gentiles are uh, Israelites, because they can't overcome the scriptures that say the salvation is to the Gentiles. So the scriptures also say that everyone will have a part of the tree of life, every nation, right? So in order to be saved, believe on the Lord Yeshua, and thou shalt be saved. Now, it's not just a head belief. It's a heart belief, right? There has to be a change in the heart. So you pursue Father Yah and ask him for salvation and according to what his son has done on the cross, and you shall be saved. Don't listen to these camps. Now, the other thing is you have to uh, make sure that you believe truth. You seek truth, right? Because the lie is of the devil. So pursue truth, pursue Christ or Yeshua because he is truth, and then you will be led into all righteousness, right? And you won't be deceived. All right. I want to Thank you for coming on. Um, real quick, can you tell everybody how to get in touch with you on YouTube? Yeah, so you can go to uh, just type in YouTube Tail Ministries and you'll find our channel. Uh, we also have a Ning if you want to come join that. Uh, you'll find that under each one of the videos uh, if you go to YouTube. And uh, we you know, also support us on Patreon. Uh, we have a lot of things we're, we're planning on doing that's going to be special offers uh, for Patreon. Uh, it's taking a little while because, you know, we work. So, uh, you know, it just sort of time constraint-wise. But, you know, we're getting there, and so we really appreciate our uh, Patreon supporters. All right, perfect. And thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, if you want to check what he was saying about uh, the lost sheep of Israel, check out Matthew chapter 10, Matthew chapter 15, and what he was saying about the world receiving salvation can be found in Matthew chapter 22 and Matthew chapter 28, where Christ updates them and says now it's going out to everybody. Make sure you go to blackhistoryinthebible.com, uh, subscribe, join me next time, and until next time, have a blessed, safe, and happy weekend. I'm out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.